0: I love it. Um, Welcome to Significant Beats Success. I am here with a friend today who is a model, entrepreneur, uh, radio show host, podcaster, rock star, um, amazing individual who is full of life. And Shelly Martinez, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing great. How about you?
0: Awesome. Where are you at right now?
1: I'm in my bedroom.
0: Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> so you're you're based in LA though, right?
1: Yes, I'm in Los Angeles.
0: So tell me what you're up to in LA full time now.
1: Well, full time, my sister and I we have a morning show called the Wake and Make Morning Show with Shelly and Danielle. And oops, should I be looking right here? Cause I'm looking look at you.
0: Whatever you want.
1: <laughs> I feel more conversational if I'm looking at you. Cause if I'm like here, it. I'm like, <laughs> cause I'm talking to you, right? Yeah, that's good. <laughs> They're that's just good. intruding. They're the, you're the fly on the wall. The so, um, yes. <laughs> so we have that and I'm able to do that through my Patreon page that I have, which is patreon.com forward slash Shelly Martinez. And it's been really cool. You know, um, long story short, Ever since I was a little girl, I loved talk radio. And I used to record myself uh, corresponding with talk radio. Like when they would do their spiel, but then they'd have their little pauses in between. I would mm-hmm. pretend I was there with them. So I, I've i always loved uh, radio, talk radio, specifically that incorporates music. So that's what we do. It's really fun. And um, I think it's really cool to... My dream was to be in wrestling, and I did that. And now that that's over with, it's cool that I go to the dream even before that, which is talk radio.
0: I like that. You know, my dream as a kid, I wanted to be a cop or in the military. And then I got arrested at 16, so I kind of figured that that was a little out. And so I started beating people up for a living, and that was good.
1: But what did you get arrested for?
0: (laughs) Beating somebody up.
1: Oh, Mr. Peter.
0: Oh, (laughs) but now I went through the DEA, ATF and FBI civilian academies and I help cops, uh, mentor kids. So I've trained a lot with them in the academies. And so it's kind of interesting how I kind of get to do a little bit of everything. I, I feel you get to go back to the first career.
1: Yeah, because I think, and it's no offense, like when I say these things, sometimes people kind of take it wrong, like, oh, she's bitter about wrestling, and I absolutely am not, because if I didn't do wrestling, I wouldn't have the fan base that I do now Mm -hmm. that do help me on my Patreon and show their support um, through Patreon, and that really allows me to continue that, you know, dream that I've always had, so just for the little disclaimer out there, that's not what it is, but... Mm. Um, It's one of those things where I think it's really cool that I am able to connect with the person that was pre-wrestling. Because I feel like something, when you do get involved in wrestling, something changes you kind of forever a little bit. Because Mm -hmm. it just opens. It's kind of like the Wizard of Oz. You know, you... You are a wrestler, and then all of a sudden, you just want that dream. You want that dream. And then once you get to go meet the wizard, you see he's just a man behind a curtain, controlling things. And so it's really hard to kind of take. And it's not a negative. It's just a reality because you kind of build up in your head what it is and blah, blah, blah. So for me, it's like I think in my journey in wrestling, it kind of changed me a bit. So me, like, focusing – I've always had podcasts, but I'm doing – this morning show differently and to have that um, really reminds me of who I was before all that mm. and how this is the time to connect, reconnect with that because I kind of gave that part up uh, on my, I don't know, nurturing side, I guess, because I was so focused on wrestling and getting there and doing it. And then even after I got fired, you know, doing the Indies, that's another hustle. It's like a whole different other hustle. And it took so much of my time. So it's like, now I'm able to focus. Cause that's why I've always had podcasts. It's like, yeah, I've always had podcasts, but I've never had the opportunity to just focus on it. And that's my priority. And that's where I am now. So shout out to Patreon. <laughs>
0: I like it. So how, um, where, where did you grow up? Tell me your like childhood story.
1: Well, I grew up in Ontario, California, and that's about 40 miles east of Los Angeles. And, you know, I was one of those kids. I was always in, like, little kid pageants, talent shows. I've always been a performer. That's the thing about me. I've always been a performer. And I know it sounds really corny, but at the end of the day, um... I first started to really watch wrestling because I love Cindy Lauper and my grandpa and my dad would watch wrestling specifically my grandpa and I would watch it. And I was so just like, ah, Cindy Lauper. And so I was like, okay, well maybe that's something I can do. And when I would watch the wrestling for her, I kind of got intrigued and I looked at wrestling when I was younger, like a play. Like I thought, Oh, this is like a play. This is like a play. This is so cool. So that was what, like, the first thing that captured me. And then, like, I got caught up with boys and things like that. And then um, after I I started modeling and doing some acting and things like that, and I would always talk about my love for wrestling because at that time, that's when the attitude era came around, and that kind of hooked me. And I just thought, like, oh, my God, all these bigger-than-life people, and I really connected with them. They made me feel, like, excited. So I wanted to be a part of it. and. The corniest part about my journey is people say, how did you know? Or who was your inspiration? And it's like, there was never a time I watched a wrestler and I was like, I want to be like them. It just, that's just not the way I looked at it. But what I did understand is that it was calling me and that I was going to be in WWF. And the reason why I was going to be in WWF is because I, I've always been very spiritual and I really felt that the Lord put it on my heart that that's where I'm supposed to go. And I used to always tell people, I know I'm going to make it because, and then when I would say this part, this part would trip me out. Even when I'd say it, it's almost like I went in a trance and like automatically I'd say, "And the reason why God's going to bless me with that is to glorify him after. And I'd always say that. And it was such a weird thing to say. Cause people would be like, what does that mean? I'm like, I don't know. Cause sometimes I feel like I was like in a trance, like, MK ultra type stuff, you know? So then, um, when I finally made it, I knew, okay, I did make it. So I'm here for what I would always say to glorify God after. What does that mean? Little did I know how I was going to get fired. So when I did get fired and I stopped being butthurt about it because trust (laughs) me, I've gone through very, very many variations of being butthurt, but the initial one was, stung the most, but then I went to TNA. So that really helped me out because I looked at it as more of a laid back kind of way. And when I was in WWE, I used to watch people like Paul London and Brian Kendrick and they would be out in the parking lot medicating and they'd come in and they'd have like Hawaiian shirts all buttoned up and they'd walk in and everyone was just like, Oh yeah, they just do their thing. And I didn't become a medicator until I was in WWE. And it really helped me mentally and Help me heal. So, I kind of looked at them as like I want to be like those guys because they go out there and kill it like every night. But I don't really see them get mixed up too much and like the BS. And they kind of laugh at it and they make it a joke. And they reminded me on that show, Mash, um, Hawkeye and BJ. Like they reminded me of those. I was like, oh, so when I went to TNA, I kind of was that. People were like, oh, Shelley's in the parking lot. Like, and I was like, yeah, <laughs> staying away from all the drama. Like you know. So. The glorifying God afterwards, me just being myself, having podcasts, having YouTube channels, being on social media, telling people my thoughts and answering questions to the fans. they're we like, you know, with the billionth time, is it true that da, 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 You that's why you got fired? Yes. And a lot of people I feel would get frustrated with that. But I re- that's when I was like, oh, this is the after. This is the glorifying God showing people that I had a choice to either conform or to stay light. And I did, and they kicked my ass out of there. And so it's like, oh, and then over time, all the butt hurtness I had from them doing that to me, I realized, oh dang, I don't belong there at all. The things I am not cool with, I don't belong there at all. But interesting how I got that sneak peek, my Wizard of Oz time. So that's what I'm doing now with all this stuff is I just say the truth, everyone's all mad at me. People in the wrestling world are like, Shelly's gone crazy. So like, that's my short story of it all. And I think what's cool is it does go back to being a SoCal girl because I was always in pageants. I was always um, doing little talent shows and all this. It never became a competition to me. And as the wise Barry Capricorn said, this is a competition, not a cooperation, you stupid bitch. That's how I feel about wrestling. (laughs) Because it's like, you stupid bitch. This is not a competition. This is not a competition. This is a cooperation, (laughs) stupid bitch. (laughs)
0: <laughs> so when I before I went to WWE, my men, one of my mentors, uh, Dave Meltzer. Do you know who that is?
1: I do know who he is.
0: So nobody knew that he was my mentor. I kind of kept it down low because of just controversial stuff. Uh-huh. And um, he gave me a book, a uh, obituary book of twelve dead wrestlers that he wrote, and he signed it. And I go, "What's the deal with this?" He goes, "Well, they all start drinking." And then they're doing drugs, and they're doing uppers, and they're doing downers, and they're doing this, and then the guys go to strip clubs, and they get divorced, and then they lose half their money, and they do it again, and there's like this repetitive cycle. And so I had uh, somebody that threatened me twice when I was not Tough Enough that he'd beat the crap out of me if I didn't drink with them. And I said, uh, so I go, go, basically, I, I was... Spiritual, more, more like religious and spiritual back then. I'm more spiritual than religious now. So right. it was interesting how I go, well, I gave that up for God and I don't drink. I don't do drugs and I'm clean. And so it was interesting to be able to see the, uh, one of my other coaches, Al Snow told me, he said, uh, it's better to be respected than liked than liked and not respected. Right. So I, I see that a lot with like what you're talking about. And I find that so many people are willing to give in to the peer pressure and the, bull, the bullshit rather than actually just being uh, loving themselves and being authentic to themselves on what they stand for. They're willing to do whatever it takes to get that pay raise or that five minutes on TV, but then it doesn't fulfill them because that's not what is really fulfilling them because they're not being their true self
1: absolutely i couldn't agree more and i think it's so cool that we're having this conversation because there's not a lot of people that are willing to talk about things like that and um i think it's really cool because the whole reason why i tweeted you was because (laughs) on my wake and bake show with my sister danielle we were she was featuring on her segment um sleep disorders and different you know things that people go with and the psychology behind some of it and we were talking about narcolepsy (laughs) and one of the things that I told her was I said you know it's so funny because when she was (laughs) giving all the information I was like I never thought of it I go because for me the only time I ever thought about like narcolepsy or narcoleptics is uh when I was in OVW and you'd be (laughs) falling asleep in the stands and Al Snow would chuck like a soda bottle and you'll be like, wake up you narcoleptic. And so all these years until I tweeted you recently, I thought maybe he was narcoleptic maybe. And I didn't think it was a joke. So I brought it up on our show and I was like, you know what? I'm going to tweet him. I'm going to tweet him and find out because if he is narcoleptic, I'm going to ask him if he wouldn't mind coming on our show and talking about living with narcolepsy. So you, (laughs) and then here we are, you asked me on your show and I had no idea that that's where your soul was because I found it a very um, lonely kind of time when it comes to things like that because I was watching people around me who I loved and I grew connections with Selling either their souls short or straight up selling their souls to the devil. And that's real. And that's what I saw in WWE these people, whether they're aware of it or not, they're selling their souls. And at the end of the day, we're all going to die. And it doesn't matter how much TV time you have or what titles you have and all that dysfunction that goes along with it. And that's why I realized wrestling was for me because it brought more toxic um, results versus light and it was really hard for me to leave it at first in the sense of i wanted to make sure i was doing the right thing because i didn't know if the lord still wanted to use me in it because even though i would drag my feet to these bookings i would still have conversations similar to what you and i are having with different people and it's like see the lord needed me to be there to have these conversations behind the scenes because the people that are in wrestling whether it's indies or in wwe they need the Lord or they need light. If you don't believe in the Lord, you need light. And Mm -hmm. I, that's where my passion is. And that's why I'm so straightforward about stuff because I don't care who gets mad at me. I don't care who's mad. There's a lot of ugliness and no one talks about it. And I'm willing to,
0: I love it because mm, I think that people are waking up. We have a quote. One of my buddies came up with, he says you're guaranteed to be brainwashed. But if you're awake, then you get to choose who you're brainwashed by. And so we have so much flashing with our with our social media, with our friendships, with our with billboards, with you know school from you know from going to school from zero to two, from zero to two they tell you to stand up and talk, from two to twenty two they tell you to sit down, be quiet, read a book, take a test, and you you know it's A B C. D or F. I don't know where E, like, you know, they skipped the letter. So I don't know what's up with that, right? And then at 22, they tell you to go stand up and be a loving, compassionate, charismatic, you know, fun, interactive with your community, your wife and your kids and all this stuff. But it's it's so much BS on how we're raised versus what we want to create in our life. So if we want to create some outcomes and our intention is to create like mine is to create loving, passionate, committed youth so that then we can have these families that are absolutely amazing. But I, I don't see that our families are doing it today. And most of the people that call us with problems or challenges that are coming up in their families' lives or their kids or their corporations, a lot of the times they don't do the work themselves. They just want a fix it pill and it says, here's a little pill, you know, we're paying you, go take care of the problem. And then when I sit in front of them, they're not willing to look at themselves and love themselves. So, how do you see that in entertainment today? More people, I look at like Will Smith and some of Gary Vee is like one of the big guys I've been watching. You know, some of these are like amazing motivational guys that love themselves, love their team, build companies, stand for a bigger purpose. Um, what's your thought on on? You know, what's possible for entertainment, pro wrestling, modeling, and all these other things?
1: Well, it's interesting because one, first of all, I call my Patreon my secret society because I've always been into the conspiracy theory. So that's me poking fun at the Illuminati and Freemasons. So
0: what hey, are my secret Can I society? tell you something first before getting oh, yeah. further? I'm a master mason.
1: Shut the F
0: up. You want to see my ring? You want to see my ring? Yeah. Okay, hold on. Hold on. There you go.
1: Oh, my gosh. We're so going to have private (gasps) convos. Mr. Pewter. Okay. Anyways.
0: So the only reason I joined, well, there's multiple reasons, but the main reason I joined is so that – I could work with the Shriners kids' hospitals.
1: <laughs> I'd rather talk to you in person uh-huh. than on a video call about this stuff because I know how it goes.
0: Oh, but yeah. anyway. They're already watching me.
1: They huh. are. And they're watching me, too. So Good. it's fine. <laughs> Hi! <Hello. laughs> okay. I see you. But anyways. Um, <laughs> so um, one of my secret society members had said, shoot, now i got it thrown off. <laughs> what, what was it that they told me recently? What were we talking about? Shoot.
0: I don't know anything. Though. Oh, okay.
1: Now I remember. Okay. Okay. Now I got it. Okay. So one of my secret society members recently um, had asked me in a video chat I had, you know, oh, I noticed you're not really going on as many auditions and gigs that you were before. Are you not focused that on, on that anymore? And I said, well, I'm not so much focused on that right now because unfortunately I hate to say this I'm not trying to sound whatever but a big way for people to make it in this town and I've known this from since I was super young it's all about who you're effing or sucking off that's just what's up and I've been screwed over a lot by people who have taken opportunities by me because of those things Mm -hmm. and it's fine because at the end of the day, if that's how it works, I didn't want to be a part of that project. So I'm totally not bitter or anything about it. It just was a awakening to see these things go on because it was like confirmation, right? So the way I look at the whole entertainment industry is a little different. Just like I look at wrestling different, because before wrestling, I was already doing modeling and acting. I was already seeing what's going on. I was already going to the Playboy Mansion, for example. I used to want to be one of Hugh Hefner's girlfriends till I found out what really goes on. You? Pardon? You too? You, you wanted to be his girlfriend? <laughs> <laughs> you did have the blonde hair. I,
0: I, I have a little bit. I'm going black now. Mm. After 15 years. Okay, keep going. Keep going.
1: So um, the way I kind of see things is like, whether it's music, whether it's entertainment, whether it's wrestling. I, I hate to say this, and I know people are going to roll their eyes, but I'm just being, I'm just saying my opinion here. At the end of the day, I believe that in the Illuminati, and I believe in all these things, and that the root of all of this is devil worship. So we have all these devil worshipers in charge. So that changes everything. That's why when people talk about Hollywood and there's the pedophiles and all this, this, and this, it's like that's nothing new. And because of that, I just look at the industry differently. And when there's people, like you mentioned, like Will Smith, he's somebody who I used to totally enjoy. But then it's like, then you find out how the truth of Scientology is. so then I'm like, well, what's going on, Will Smith? And then, like, I know people. So then I hear, like, things. And I'm just like, ugh. So the way I look at the whole thing is it's all BS. And I rather just create my own content so that I'm being true to myself and I'm not letting someone edit something else. Even though it's a lot of work when I edit my stuff, it's like I'm in control of it. I'm doing it. And we're living in an age right now where YouTubers are owning houses in the Hollywood Hills. They're in their mid twenties because they have no middle guy and they're throwing up videos on YouTube and getting brand deals and stuff. And so for me, I never was somebody that looked at this as a fame and fortune thing. I just was a performer and I just wanted to make money Mm -hmm. at being a performer. That's it. So because of that, I look at all these things differently. And I think it's cool that people, you do have these different people, like the people you mentioned that are on top of their game and doing all these things, but you're asking my opinion. My opinion is, and I hate seeing this and I don't want to is, these people shine when others don't or they're doing these things more than they don't because they're tied with, with your brotherhood. (laughs) And I don't know. I just, (laughs) you know, like Vince McMahon, who's his buddy, Donald Trump, who's our president. Like it's all connected. And I've always known this, but now more than ever, like they're letting us know this information. Like there's a Taco Bell commercial and they're like, is it the Illuminati or the Bellinati? And it's like showing a Illuminati party and they're all eating Taco Bell. And it's just like, they're putting it in our faces. And so now that I understand everything like that, I'm understanding when I saw people sell themselves short, And that's why I don't think that they realize what they're doing when they're doing this, because I I I know, like I said, people think I'm lame now for saying all these things, but it's like, this is just life. This is real life. And I think because I was a very, very Christian girl when you knew me more we in OVW and I saw what was going on. And I mean, I guess my distraction was going after boys who I never had a chance with anyways, and that whole drama, but along that way, because I lived my life to where I was trying to be the best Christian girl I could be. Um, I saw what was going on around me and I realized that good people didn't realize how they were compromising themselves just for TV and at the end of the day like this much of the universe, no offense, compared to the rest care about wrestling. So it's like they're selling themselves even more short I feel because it's like ooh and I don't know. I just don't trust anything. I don't believe anything I, I see or hear anymore but (laughs) <laughs> I feel like the difference is now um, <clears throat> as I understand I'm not so uh, about things because now I get why people do it oh my gosh poor things and I feel bad like the people I used to get all mad at oh so and so you know did he gave for pay for his spot and now he's and this and this and he was horrible like that now I'm looking at it differently now I'm like oh my gosh he felt at a moment where he had to do that just to be on TV and my whole vibe about it's different. And I'm just like taken back and I'm my heart breaks, you know, for these people, people who screwed me over. Like I used to be so butthurt about like, I thought you were my friend and now I'm looking at it like, Oh man, like what happened to where you got to that point? And that's kind of how I I know that's kind of not exactly what you asked me, but that's like my whole outlook on it. It's just so different now, you know,
0: you know, I, I got pitched, uh, when I was in LA and then when I was in WWE, it was very interesting to see how, if I probably would have done different things, I would be in a different position. And it, it wasn't that for me, it was just something that, it, was, it, it wasn't aligned with my morals and my values. And I think that was a huge thing. <clears throat> the first night of Tough Enough, when we were on, we were in Connecticut at dinner, big table, bunch of people, all the Tough Enough contestants. And they poured shots for everybody. And me and like two or three other people said, no, thank you. And by the second week, everybody was getting drunk except for me. And it was really interesting to see how fast people poured into that. And I was the only one for my whole time there that and still till today it will stand up for my belief over money, over fame, over because that it doesn't it doesn't matter to me. It never has. I never wanted as a kid, I never wanted to be um, you know, on TV or a celebrity. But I believe that God, while we're talking about God, I believe that God put me into a position that I would understand it, go through challenges, because I believe the more you're being pushed or challenged you're being built for something bigger so that you can be a representation of God on earth and to be able to make impact. And if you're not being pushed or you're not pushing yourself, then you're, um, not going to be, you know, people that have an easy life that, that, that are, you know, that they get everything easy and that don't push, they're not being built. They, they won't be that tough, you know, person when it comes to bigger challenges. What's your, what's your thought on that?
1: Amen to that. Like, I kid you not just like a little while ago when my sister and I were doing our show, what I had like, kind of like a epiphany while we were recording and there's this huge YouTuber. She's very famous. And I knew her when she had a pretty successful YouTube channel, but we've known each other for many years. So I watched her grow and I used to get frustrated sometimes because she ended up being like super shady and just like, just worldly, you know? Mm-hmm. And it was like frustrating for me because here I was putting effort into my YouTube channel, editing my videos. I used to do this thing. Um, it was called save wrestling where I document me being on the road and this whole thing. Nice. And it was like pulling teeth to get views. So I used to be like, Oh, you know, Go, selling out and being the cheap way, it always works, and I get frustrated. But today on the show, I realized it in a more deep way. And when I did, I was able to let that go. And this girl's been my friend of me for, like, 10 years, okay? So I was able to let go of, like, that, like, why? Because I was able to understand it, and I felt bad for her. And... When you just said that, when you were talking right now, it triggered me to think about it because I was like, yeah, it always seems easy for her. And like, she's doing these things that morally I would never do and making, not like, having to worry about paying her bill or her phone getting cut off or hiding her car. So it doesn't get taken like things like that, where it's like to being true. And that's what I'm going through. But you're so right because along the way and not giving into those temptations that I could have totally taken advantage of. Um, it did build me. And not only did it build me in this life, but it built my relationship with God. And in building that intimacy, it, I was able to have compassion to people who I've been angry with for a really long time. Mm-hmm. And it, it sucked because for like two years, I was really depressed because I was truly accepting for the first time um, wrestling for what it was and the things that'll never change that all the ugliness that good, that the, that the fans think they know about, but you don't cause no one talks about it, but I had to accept it. And it put me in this really weird thing. I like gained weight and like, I lost who I was. I dyed my hair blonde which is funny because it's just like MK ultra much with my butterflies and going blonde and my hair fell out. And it really helped me because now that my hair is growing out, now that I'm getting back to myself, because I saw a video once actually Samo and Joe shout out to Samoa and Joe sent me this link when he saw I was tweeting, like when I was going through that time, This, like I was tweeting negative tweets, just telling people how I felt. And he privately messaged me and he goes, Hey, check this video out. And it was this rabbi. Hmm. And the rabbi was saying, you know, the thing about like a crab is when it knows to change its shell, it has to be uncomfortable in that shell and understand it's too small because it doesn't know it's too small until it starts to grow and it, it gets physically uncomfortable. So that's why the instinct is to go find a bigger shell and maybe not, they don't find it right away, but then they finally do. And so now they're comfortable again and now they can rebuild their home. And that really stuck with me. and. That's how I feel. So it's like, with your thought, I'm totally on board with that. And my reply to what my thoughts are is you're absolutely right. And more people I think don't even know to think that way. So it's cool that you're putting videos like this out there so that people watching, maybe it'll make them go, huh. And then maybe they'll kind of take it with them and it could help them. And that's what life's about. Like we talked about animals earlier if only animals could talk, right? I probably wouldn't leave my house and I would just talk to my dog. Oh, all day. Right? <laughs> but for whatever reason, we were meant to not be able to talk to them. How? Like, Even if you didn't know English, I could s- communicate with you somehow yeah. and you can get it because we're human. And I feel us as humans, we've lost the storytelling of our experiences because not everyone goes through them. But people can think about it and go ha and maybe grow just a little bit. And I think it's really cool. And in the age of no one knows how to connect or have communication skills because of even though social media and phones are a great tool, it's like, Oh man. So I don't know. That's my thought on it (coughs) is yes, you're right. And good for you. I'm doing this interview and putting it out there so people can hear it.
0: So so (laughs) I I love it. And and I think that, so when I was in WWE, I did not understand the one thing, so I'm, I'm consulting a couple athletes right now, and what I find with our company now is emotional intelligence and physiologic intelligence are the two keys in life. Most people, number one, do not have the emotional intelligence, so they get angry, they get pissed off, they get butthurt. A lot of that comes from expectations that don't come true, whether in a sports career like I was lost to a certain extent, but I just went back into fighting. They offered me a crappy deal the second year. I'm like, I'm gone. See ya. So I took, you know, I, I could have kept wrestling and I decided not to. And I went back into fighting. I had a great career. But it's really interesting to be able to see how I've let myself get hurt. And a lot of people today want to blame and shame and play victim towards other people when things out of their control or in their control do not go how they want it to. That's the emotional intelligence side, and I believe that if we were to train our kids at a younger age, if we were to show them how to love themselves, understand themselves, and really understand what they want to create in this world, their vision, their purpose, what they stood for, their belief system, um, that's a huge thing. And the physiologic intelligence is a cellular structure. What we eat, what we're around, if we're hanging out with our cell phone all day, like, what does this do to us? Um, and so I'm actually this afternoon I have a like a healer kind of that I go to and they they have energy machines they have all this stuff that I do as a prevention method so that I don't go and get you know whatever I might have gotten if I didn't you know spend some time on prevention so it's at the real cellular structure um, but I find the one thing that I wish I would have had is a mentor. Where when I'm consulting these ki- these kids right now, they're younger than I am. I call them kids. They don't know their head from their ass, and they don't know how to create objectives. They don't know how to stick to one thing. They want to go all over the place and do a million things. What would you have wanted if you could go back and tell yourself back then when you were getting fame, when you were growing? What's that one thing, you know, if it was anything, um, that you would want to become your best self back then?
1: I just, it's interesting because my gripe is being stupid enough to believe that these guys who I was dating were only seeing me. And that really effed with me because I, even though I love communicating with people, I've always been that way, even when I was younger and maybe I was a little bit more rough around the edges. I don't trust easily because I've been burned so much in life. So it was hard for me to trust. So when these guys I was dating, I let in, it was a big deal. And so to find out that the whole damn locker room knew that whoever else they were messing with and I didn't, that messed with me. But it's interesting because when I finally did go on the road full time, that's when Francine was on the road, and her and I would travel together because we knew each other from um, a promotion in Philadelphia. That I think, like in my second year of wrestling, because I was wrestling for five years before I got hired. So, like in my second year of wrestling, I think um, is when I met her, and so we already were travel buddies. And because she had done ECW before and understood being on the road and TV and da da. She took me under her wing, so I did have that thing I guess I was kind of missing when I was in OVW. But now that I'm looking back, like I still I wouldn't have changed it all because I feel that because I went through that stuff, I didn't have any tolerance or let people get away with it, and that helped me later. So honestly, there's just nothing I would change because. If I would have, I just wouldn't be where I'm at right now. Like, you know what I mean? And I know that's so corny to say, Mm -hmm. but it's so true because I've played things over in my mind. Like,
0: Mm -hmm. you
1: know, for those that are watching and don't know, you know, I got fired because I got into a fight with Batista. And you're not supposed to do that if you're a girl. So... There's been so many times I've replayed that throughout the years of, did I do the right thing? Did I do the right thing? Or should I have done something else differently? And it's so crazy because when I would second guess all that stuff and maybe have those moments, right, would have a better answer for you. Now looking at everything, the big picture is I don't belong there because I'm just not down I'm just not down. I'm not down. And I'm also the type of person that this is why I don't belong there. There's people that are there that aren't down, but they just don't say anything and look the other way. I'm the type of person. It kills me. It, I have to say something. Point in case my fight with Batista, I have to say something. It just drives me nuts because when I was a kid growing up, I was sexually abused and I was involved in child pornography And I was always told to be quiet. And then people in my family became born again, Christian. So it's like, oh, they're Christian now. So like, you got to forgive. So I played that whole routine. But then when I got older, I realized that effed me up more than anything, keeping quiet, suppressing memories and not understanding why I'm in a bad mood for a long time. When I met you, that was in the years of me having so many suppressed memories And I would have short patience. I had a bunch of anger issues. I was like a ticking time bomb and I didn't know why. And it frustrated me, which added to that anger because who I am now is kind of like who I was in high school, but just wiser. And so I get frustrated. Like, I just want to be the girl. I was in high school, the girl that would wear the little skirts and platforms, but I had a Bible in my purse and everyone knew it. So like, I wanted to be that girl again, but I just was so mad. And then that's where it goes with the medicating with medical marijuana is, um, RVD. I know that sounds cliche, but he educated me on it and I tried it when I was on the road. And that's when my suppressed memories came back. And that's when I realized, huh, you have to accept things. It's okay to question things. And then I get in trouble for it, but it's like, I don't belong there. So I can't say there's anything I can change because I just don't belong in wrestling. I did for a little bit. I did for a little bit, but even this WrestleCon, WrestleCon's this weekend, I was booked on it and I got unbooked. There's two completely different stories. The person bringing me, what I was bringing me in is blaming WrestleCon. WrestleCon people straight up called me and said, they're BS. This is why they canceled you do you want to come? We'll give you a table. Meanwhile, the guy over here is saying Russell Khan took the table away from us. And I'm just like, who's telling me the truth here. And it's like, so wrestling. That's so wrestling.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it, 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 I see, I, you know, it is the thing I, I, I was raised in a church. Um, and I look at most, I was just talking about this on <clears throat> my podcast a couple days ago. Yesterday I put it out <laughs> and, uh, my vlog, my vlog, and um, I find that when I was being raised in a church, people talked about the Ten Commandments. Thou shalt not, thou shalt not, thou shalt not, like all the time. And not once did, well, maybe once, but I didn't hear it. Um, then when Jesus told the Pharisees, love the Lord God and love your neighbor. And it's very interesting because when they tried to trick him into saying what's the number one commandment out of the Ten, and he came up with something completely different, I find when you do that number one thing, you love Lord God and love your neighbor, then at least for me, I, I'm not going to go out and murder somebody. I'm not going to go out and do any one of those other things. I'm going to respect my parents and love them. I'm going to follow through with my word. I'm going to, you know, so it's, how do you see that playing into our culture, our communities? And then I'd love to jump on um, with the CBD stuff and, and talk about that, too, and, and and medical marijuana.
1: Well, I am at a place right now, and it's been this way for a while, I no longer pray to Jesus. I grew up very Christian, but I just pray to God now. And I struggle with it sometimes because I don't want to be wrong, and I don't want to piss God off. Like, that's my number one thing in life. Like, I'm not perfect, and I mess up, but, like, I don't want to piss God off. And the church I grew up in was very cult-like. And, um, at the same time, I'm glad I went through all that because it showed me a different side of religion and religion versus spirituality. And even though kind of like you're saying, everyone could be brainwashed and you get to choose what you're going to be brainwashed with. I'm glad I chose that because when I was challenged with different, temptation especially for fortune and fame m- what made me not do it it's like i want to go to hell i don't want to go to hell like oh my gosh like i don't want to go to hell i'm so scared because since i was little i've had a death anxiety like death freaks me out and i think that's why i'm a vampire and but i say i'm a vampire for god the best kind of vampire to be
0: you know you don't um, have to die though right pardon you know you don't have to die at this point
1: because the rapture is coming
0: no, no, with 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 micro nanobots and what they're doing with growing organs and everything else, you don't have to. I think in our generation, we're not going to ever die. Like we don't have to if we have enough money.
1: Interesting. I'll have to introduce
0: you a few doctors that I know.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh! So, anywho, um, so in saying that, I think that that's what kept me away from really falling into deep darkness. And it's crazy because again, I just have seen people just compromise all that. And like you said earlier, when we first started, these people are happy. And when I got taken off of this Con, the only reason why I wanted to go was to see Francine in SoCalVal. Shout out to Francine in SoCal Val. And... I wanted to see uh, New Orleans because well, the last time I was there was when I was in WWE and it was one of those like times where like there really wasn't any time to go see anything. Cause like you had to like, whatever. So I really wanted to see it. But when I didn't, when I got them booked, I was like, you know what? I went to a signing in January and I found myself completely bored, not having fun. And thank God for edibles, because that's what got me through it. And when I was looking around, what bummed me out is because I did have my edibles and I had coffee, which is a great combo. I was like, yeah, let's do it. Let's do the signing. I was all excited. I have my little vampire outfit on. And I just looked around and like, though I was the vampire, there's a bunch of energy vampires all filling that room. People who fans pay a lot of money to see and they're so excited. I watch the fans and they're so excited. And I just see this emptiness on these people. And it's so sad because I know why they have that emptiness. And a lot of it's because they sold themselves short or they gave in, or they did something that they didn't feel morally right. But in this business or in any kind of business, I don't care what it is, even if it's an office environment, if you've got a lot of people doing the same thing, you can end up doing it too. And like you're saying, you just watch everyone always be drunk, always be drunk. And that's how it gets you that darkness, you know, that darkness gets you like that. And it's really hard to accept and see. And I'm just really grateful for my christian upbringing because even though it scared the hell out of me to die or to sin so badly that you go to hell it's dude it saved me like so much not just in wrestling but like in life because there's times like i've dated some like famous musicians and actors and so that really opened up my like my eyes to what really goes on when you're that famous yeah, exactly. So
0: I don't, I don't know anything. I don't know what's talking about.
1: Right. And because I didn't want to go to hell, that kept me away from all that. You know what I mean? So, you know.
0: I don't know. <laughs> I anything. I have no clue. Sure. Um, let's, um, so CBD oil, I think it's a miracle um, you know, oil. And I think that, uh, you know, I, I, when I got a WWE, I, um, it's funny cause I've never talked about this like on, on video or anything. So this will be a good, this will be a good, good one here. Uh, I went through a really not after WWE, but it was after my fight contract. So I got held in a fight contract for 18 months and they wouldn't fight me, pay me or release me. And so it's kind of like, if WWE held you, but you couldn't go do indies or you couldn't go do anything else, It was a very challenging year. Um, and I was uh, vicing with weed and medical marijuana, obviously, and um, I, I used that as a, kind of a crutch or fulfillment because I really didn't define who I was internally. But I really, I really like what they're doing with CBD um, on the oil side of it because they're solving a lot of medical. Um, a lot of medical problems without a pharmaceutical drug necessarily, and I think that pharmaceutical drugs um, are needed at some points. Um, and I think that uh, I think we uh, overdo it too. So, so I'm not against them, um, everything, but I'm I'm definitely uh, um, for more of the natural stuff, which is great. What's your thought on where do you see the market going long term? Um, what do you think about it?
1: Well, being that I've been a medicator now for quite some time, but at the same time, what I think a lot of people don't realize is before I started medicating, I was, for myself, very against it. Uh, My family, there's a lot of drug use in it, so I kind of associated it with drugs. It's a bad thing. But um, when I started, it just helped me out so much. So when the CBD stuff came out on the market, uh, when it first came out, I kind of thought, oh, like you don't get the high. Okay. So, like, what's the point? But then I started to learn more about it. Um, my sister and I are affiliated with this edible company. And when they started to uh, have the CBD products, they really broke it down to my sister and I and how it works and how it's beneficial, especially for people who didn't want that high. And when they broke it down, with the science of it all, it really made sense. And so when I tried it without having any THC in me, um, I, I got what it was all about and I've watched it help people. My pets take it They're, You know, my boy dog's going to be 18 this year. My girl dog's going to be 13 this year. So they're seniors, they're little seniors, but it helps them, you know? And, (laughs) I feel it's awesome that CBD is in the market because there are people who everybody's body's different that do have a negative reaction, maybe to THC or maybe it triggers something in them. That's a negative thing. So I feel it's awesome that there is still a component of the cannabis plant that's out there that is being used in a more, I think with CBDs, people take it more serious than they would like a THC edible, let's say, or a THC tea-shirt or something. Yeah. And I think that's awesome because there's a lot of people out there walking around in a really badass mood, and it's because they have some healing that they need, and yeah. with the CBD and the components and how it works in our body – I just think it's really awesome. My only thing is, and I love that in California, it's now, you know, it's gone recreational, and I'm fine with that. But have you ever seen the movie Kingsman?
0: I love it. Yes. Did you see the second one? Uh, yes, where the guy with the arm, like, got into his car, that one.
1: Uh, is that I'm mixing the two? It's the one with Julianne Moore. And she with the, has cra- the- with
0: the crazy lady, with her, like, where she has the person grind up the person meat and eat it? Yes. Oh, my God. So,
1: Gillian Moore <laughs> is the main heel, if you will, in that in that show, movie. And um, one of the things that they did was she was, like, so wealthy because she was, like, supplying everyone with this great medicine, cannabis. And so, the whole thing in there was that she infected it. And unless she got her way, everyone was gonna be infected. And then you watch people get infected. And then you even watch people who like there's like I don't know if it was supposed to be the president or a congress person. I can't remember. Yeah. But their person that's like working with them in the government she starts to have the – because when they got infected, they would have, like – it looked like um, veins. And he got mad at her, like, oh, you know, you're smoking. And she's just like, I have a high-stress job. I've just done it. And she was scared because she's infected. So now I'm scared that's going to happen.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I don't, I, I don't I don't think that's that bad. I mean, Oh, yes. Yes. Well, I, I don't – so what's interesting is, is I, I – I mean, I haven't smoked in years now, and I mean, do I get offers every, you know, because I hang out with every type of person in the book, but it's just interesting to me. I've tried some CBD stuff. That's really interesting, but um, I think the market's going great with, with, with animal CBD. It's just, it's right. a huge market coming up
1: to it keep is. them healthy. It is, and I love it because, um, again, my sister and I being involved with this edible company and doing ambassador work for them, um, it kind of opened my eyes. And something that I kind of had a gripe with, and this is no offense, I'm not trying to be negative, is when I try to do activism work in the marijuana community, my heart was in the right place because I felt like it did so much for me in such a positive way. It helped me understand myself more. And it's not that the plant did. It's just that the effects that it had on me allowed me to focus, refocus. Okay. Some people take, uh, what is it? St. John's Wars. Some people take Zoloft. Some people take whatever. Okay. For me, instead of taking those things, it's just so happens to be marijuana. Like that's how it is. It's not something I rely on or that I need. It just chemically does help me and it's a natural plant so why not take it you know Mm -hmm. so um I was real passionate about it because it it like helped me it was a tool to help me breathe new life into my soul especially after I got released from WWE it was like you know, it really helped because I moved back to California. So I was introduced to the medical marijuana scene and people definitely wanted to get me involved because, you know, I was fresh off of WWE and now I'm on TNA. So they saw a way to capitalize off of that. And when I mingled with all that, what sucked is a, it would either be super ghetto and against the cause because I'm looking for people like my mom who thinks it's drugs still. And I want to educate them about it so that I don't get judged when I have to step outside to go medicate real quick because you know things can get intense when you go visit home so um that bothered me and then b i'm just gonna be honest with you all these pigs that are these respected guys in the marijuana community were just trying to sleep with me these heads of these organizations these nonprofits, oh so and so so great and no i don't think so he's a pig and that one's a pig too and so is that one and now I, i started to realize that I'm not saying everyone, but a lot of people in that community were doing it for other agendas. So that's why I choose to not do the active activism stuff so much and just do, just share my story or have conversations like this where we can like get things out there because it's just a helpful thing for us all, I feel. And just the different ways it's offered out there now and where you can eat it, you could spray it, you could chew it, you could smoke it, you can vape it. And I know it's not for everybody, but I just feel that um, it really can help with mental health.
0: I, I find that I've seen a lot of people that are very judgmental on smoking weed, medical marijuana, can, uh, cannabis, CBD, whatever, like along the lines, all that stuff. But then they're 100 pounds overweight and they use food as their drug or they're out there drinking all the time or they're sitting in front of the TV for a few hours a day and not paying attention to their kids or loving their wife. Right. It's very interesting to me to be able to see how people can judge other people, but they don't want to look at themselves and just love themselves. And so – when I work with kids a lot now since we do, and and now we're doing more corporate and university, it's very interesting to be able to love people for who they are. If it works for them, it's great. If I think that they can add some value to their life in another way, or maybe something can be better, I'll show them. And if it doesn't work for them, then throw it out. Like one of our, our 11th or 12th rule is uh, don't believe a word I tell you. So, so a lot of people look at that and um we made a we made like more of a positive version of it now. It's like think think about what you believe. Mm. And so a lot of people just don't think what they believe. They just they 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 they're they're like blinded like this. They got their hand in front, and then we help them push their hand down and be like, Oh wow, I have a ring on. I d you know, I, I, I have a hand. So um Or they do this. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, right. They're like, I don't see you.
1: do they do that. Not that I condone this.
0: Oh, man. I don't know what that is.
1: I know. I don't condone it
0: at I all. I don't know what that is. Mm-hmm. <coughs> I don't know what that is. Mm-hmm. Anything. I'm so, going to beat you up next time I see you. So uh, let me ask you this last question. Um, significant breed success that's what our, 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 show's about. I did a Ted talk uh, a couple years ago about it. What is it? What does that mean to you? And, and how are you significant in your life? How are you making that impact? What do you, what, you know, what's your future legacy? That sort of thing. You know,
1: years ago, um, I kind of had two versions of me going into a depression with wrestling. One was a, quite a few years ago. And then recently when I had my one, that was quite a few years ago. uh, One of the things that made me remind myself of who I am is the show dancing with stars. And the reason why is because of the hard work and the stories behind that hard work and the outcome. So that inspired me as a performer. So I tried to get on the show and a couple of years ago, I finally was almost going to be on it. And when my friend reported to me why it wasn't going to happen, he said it was because mainly of my medical marijuana use. And then a couple of years later, Tommy Chung was on it. And they did a whole bit where Cheech came out with him. There's smoke everywhere. Every episode, there was jokes about it. So I text my friend. I'm like, hey, I thought they said da-da-da. And he goes, you know, sometimes things change. But you know what you need to do, Shally? You just need to be make money being you. Don't change who you are for anybody. Be you. And at the time, I was pissed because I'm like, ah, that's all I want to do. Because and I wanted to do it not to be famous or to be relevant again and in, in entertainment, was because it helped bring me out of this funk I was in because of me being inspired. Mm-hmm. So fast forward to now, now I get what my friend was saying. So what I'm doing now, it's exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. And the reason why all these other things didn't work out is injustice as it seemed at the time. It wasn't supposed to, because I'm supposed to be doing things like talking with you and people who want to, because here's the thing. It's one thing when you push things down people's throat, but people that will tune into this, they're invested. They want to hear what we have to say. So it's like, what I, my legacy or what I want, my mark or whatever I want to leave and is just living by example. I'm not perfect. I F up in life. Sometimes I'm a douchebag, but the common denominator in my life, since I can ever remember is I've always sought first the kingdom of God. Does that mean I always did the right thing? No. Does it mean I always reacted correctly? No, but that's what saved me. And the older I get, the more I just see that people just want love and acceptance and whether they want to admit it or not, a little saving. So I have been very frustrated throughout the years when I've been trying to do this and it hasn't monetarily worked out for me, but now it is. And so now I'm tripping out that like something I could have gave up on a long time ago because it wasn't giving me the immediate result. And I struggled. Oh my God. I can't even, don't even get me started. If people only knew some of the struggles that hot Shelly Martinez has had, they would throw up. So right. I'm just like, dude, and this is a new thing. So I'm glad that you're asking me these questions because these are newer um, epiphanies that I've been having. And um, letting go of things and finding peace with things, dude, I'm totally doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Like my friend, Rod said, shout out to Rod, do it, just do you and don't change because the world like whether it's the career or in personal life tries to tell me not to say anything. Don't ruffle any feathers. Um, just do what they say. Ah, who cares? Look the other way. And I'm not cool with that. And there's a lot of people out there since I've been so vocal about all this stuff, especially more in the last year or so, they feel the same way too. So I'm here to just to tell people, look, maybe you're tuning in because you are a fan of mine for whatever. Well, okay, well, I'm going to take that platform and say, guess what? You're not alone. And I know how you feel. And it sucks. And just because I've been in WWE or I've done modeling or I've done shows, it doesn't change that. And it doesn't make me any better than anyone. It's just a job. Like on Cypress Hill, they say, it's a fun job, but it's still a job. Save your money.
0: <laughs> I love it. I love where you're at. I love what you're doing. I love how you're connected to your sister. I think that's absolutely amazing. Yes,
1: she's my soulmate. Like like my boyfriend, who we refer to as Metal Jesus, I told him, I always tell him, i like, sorry, no offense, but my sister is my soulmate.
0: Wow, that's like deep. It,
1: it is because here's the thing: I want people. I'm gonna look at the people. I want people checking this out to know that a soulmate doesn't mean romance all the time. A soulmate can be a friend. It can be a sibling. It can be someone of the same sex. It doesn't have to be romantic. And I think that society puts such a highlight on your soulmate. You're lost without your soulmate, and that's only someone romantically you're involved. In. No. Your soulmate is the person that you're connected with, brings you back to life, rejuvenates you, and uplifts you, and knows you at your worst, and loves to see you shine at your best. Listen to old Shelly here. <laughs> old grizzled Shelly, listen to her. She knows.
0: <laughs> so, so I agree. I think it's interesting. Do you think that you can have multiple soulmates?
1: I think so I think so, because we're, you know, hopefully always revolving within our soul and shedding our old skin. And, um, in that comes new understandings and new connections, I feel, but for me, I feel because I've always been so close with my sister, even though we're nine years apart, um, we go through the same things together, you know what I mean? I think, cause we're so tight. So if one of us starts saying, huh, I'm starting to think about this. The other one will be like, oh, yeah. And the other thing about Danielle and I is a lot of people, since we were little, have always said, it's like you guys are twins. And she is four foot 11. I'm five foot five. So I have a little joke I say. We were supposed to be twins, but because I have longer legs, I was a faster swimmer. So that's why I came to be first. So I'm really grateful for that. And it's so crazy because of my relationship with her. I feel like that's why I can either be an independent person or be someone that can be very social, which is awesome. But I also thought that how I connected with her, if I connect with people, my relationship would be how it is with her, AKA like friends in particular. And so when they end up flaking out on me or not being the expectation that you were talking about before, I like set myself up for uh, disappointment and, I used to beat myself up about that, but now I'm grateful for it. So if anyone out there is struggling with, oh, I feel like I always give people chances and I get hurt. So what? That's life. I think it's cool that you can feel and still have mm. empathy for people. I
0: love it. Because people I, I, I,
1: say, oh, Shelly's so sensitive. And it's like, so what? Oh, well, if I tweeted, I'm mad. And now I release that. And guess what? Now I'm laughing that all you idiots are saying I lost my mind, but I let it out.
0: (laughs) You know, it's crazy. So many people that say that I find that in America, at least towards guys. They say, you know, the average boy is programmed to be tough, be a man, don't cry. And then we're so disconnected from females Mm. because we're trying to be tough and put up an image rather than being vulnerable and open and connected. So one of my best friends, she's getting married. She's my ex-girlfriend my business partner she calls me up yesterday she's like a little stressed out right and i just like in the middle like i felt her in the middle of starbucks i just start tearing because i like it's really interesting now on how i can open up uh my um and i'm going like this in the middle of starbucks right (laughs) (laughs) like the biggest guy in starbucks is like so it's interesting to be able to see how i've become very open and it's harder to be vulnerable than it is to be tough. Yeah. And I find that if more guys were to be open and vulnerable and authentic, no matter if um no matter what it is, if you're being asked something and that's one thing. I've 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 picked five things this this last year huge freaking growth. Five things I've figured out that I want in a partner. Um, I don't like the word relationship necessarily, but a partner, um, business, personal, whatever. Um, it's purpose is number one. I got a great, I'm going to send you an awesome video. I'm actually going to hold on, send it to you. You're going to freaking love this video. And the second thing is, is, um, the, i remind myself. Second thing is, is, uh, connection. If I can't feel that person. And I don't connect deep; it, it won't work. Third is emotional intelligence. They get to look at, and I'm willing to take accountability for everything. If I hire somebody, that's on me. If I put somebody out there, and I had a, I had somebody a couple of years ago. Um, they yelled at people. That's on me. I was not. I, I. It's me. It's all me. I'm the CEO. I in my relationship, I'll take all the accountability. Third, uh, fourth one is, is uh, loyalty. It's huge to me. And fifth one is, is unconditional love. So I find to get the unconditional love, you really need to perfect those first four or be really good at them. But it's not hard. I find that like, I think you said earlier, someone like I'm not perfect. And I believe that everybody's perfect for who they are at the point in time that they do that action. And can we be a better perfection of ourselves? And I think that Like the Bible is like you can't be perfect. Only, but the only person that's ever perfect was you know God and da da da. And and I believe that we're perfect, whole, and complete. And so a lot of, I I think the opposite way of saying we're not perfect, we're not good enough, we're not this, leads to a lot of the anger and frustration, expectations because people try to be something else, but they already are. They're already amazing individuals. They're already loving. They're already connected. They just get to feel it, understand it, and just be a part of it. And so I think that there's a misconception or a misleading um, in, in our society today based upon religion or culture or traditions that could really be a shift. Um, and we could really get a lot better results uh, or great results because if, if we shift the things in our next generation. Are you going to have kids?
1: I mean, I'm so old. I don't know. I want to, and here's the thing.
0: What are you like, twenty-seven? No. Yeah, right.
1: <laughs> good one. Um,
0: are you thir- are you thirty thirty-seven?
1: I'm thirty-eight. Sweet.
0: I just turned thirty-eight. So, so you have like you have like ten, twenty more years. You're good to go.
1: Sure. Um, here's the thing. I often find myself saying, "I'm getting too old," but to be honest with you. For many, 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 many years, I have a dream about this boy. His name is Judah. And I know that's it. And it's crazy because I had this dream years ago um, that somebody was warning me that some people were going to try to kill me. And I told them that it wasn't going to go down the way they say they were. And they were like, how are you so confident? And I said, because God showed me this boy in my dream. That's my child. And I haven't had him yet. So I'm not going to be like Sarah and mock God. It's not going to happen. So when I have those moments, I think, oh, and I'll even talk to my sister. She'll be like, I can't wait for you to have kids. And I'm like, yeah, if it happens, she's like, it will. And I'm like, okay, I don't want to sound like Sarah in the Bible and mock God, but okay. So we'll see what happens.
0: I love it. Well, (laughs) where can people find you? Where can they go? I want them to go check you out, see what you do, how you impact lives.
1: I am on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook as Shelly from Cali. That's S H E L L Y from, and then C A L I on Snapchat. I'm Shelly from Cali, the number four. And, uh, let's see. Oh, duh. Patreon.com forward slash Shelly Martinez. Again, S H E L L Y because E Y's and I E's aren't legitimate Shelly's.
0: Oh, wow.
1: <laughs> and I'll, let's see, did I leave anything out? I don't think so. But the most important thing is you guys should go on the Patreon because that's, that's my love, my passion.
0: I love it. Well, thank you for coming on. You're a freaking rock star. And uh, I'm blessed to have you in my life. And everybody is, you know, you have every gift there is. You have looks and brains and heart. And you're just so authentic. So I really appreciate who you are and, and keep rocking your life.
1: Well, I'm just glad. Shout out. I'm not trying to do whatever, but to my damn Waking League show, because that's why I reached out to you. <laughs> and now here we are. We had such a cool conversation. So thank you for having me.
0: Of course. Have a great week.
1: You too.